So let me tell you about another dumb, dumb, dumb thing I did when I was young. I worked for this man in Memphis, Tennessee. I was working for him, pressure washing things. And, and uh, I pressure washed uh, uh, wood paneling, uh, wood shingles, wooden shingles, wooden paneling, wooding, wood, whatever it was, wood. And I was pressure washing it and hanging from a, a harness from the tops of buildings and on top of buildings. And, you know, you get to just, but so I worked for this guy for like three months. Um, this guy has not paid me a dime. I've been working my butt off for this guy. He keeps telling me over and over, as soon as they pay him, he's going to pay me. Keeps on, he keeps on, he keeps on. And I'm like in the situation with this woman I had met who had a daughter. So I was like, I kind of had this little family thing going, even though I was only like 19 years old. Uh, I have this little family thing going and, and I can't pay the bills. Well, life can be pretty bad when you can't pay the bills and, and you can make some choices that uh, you wouldn't have made normally. That's uh, kind of, you got to discipline yourself. But anyway, I was a young idiot. And uh, one day they had been all on my case, her, her mom, her sister, you know, the whole world it felt like. Um, and someone, uh, I saw these neighbors, I saw these neighbor people leave this, these two ladies, older ladies. And I saw him leave out of their apartment while I'm waiting on this guy. This guy hasn't shown up today. He's worked me for three months and hadn't paid me. And today he hasn't showed up. So it's like, I don't know if a demon got in me. I don't know what happened. If it was the heat or a combination of everything. Um, so I see these ladies leave and I go kick their door in with my, with my backside. I butt the door in because they're kind of flimsy doors. Well, I go in and I'm like, I don't know what to steal. I just know I need some money now. I'm desperate. I go in here and I take some money. I, I mean, I look for some money. I can't find anything, really. Um, I'm looking for something to get in and grab and get out because I'm a little thief, right? Well, I get in there and I can't find anything worth of any value that I thought I knew I could sell or anything. So I start grabbing pieces of the stereo system and I sit them by the door. And all of a sudden I hear keys go in the door. I haven't even been in here five minutes. They come back and they're, they walk in the door. They walk in the door and I run in the bedroom and I hide because there's no windows and no back door. The only window is by the front door of this apartment complex. Well, I get under the bed and I got big rubber galoshes on because I'm ready to go to work. Well, I get under the bed and I hide. And now I'm scared to death. I'm like, why did I do this? Why in the world did I do this? And I can't believe myself, my own thinking. Well, this lady starts going, starts hollering at people outside. And she says, someone was in here, but we don't know who. And, and they're gone now. And pretty soon there's a house full of people or an apartment full of people. And they've already called 911. And helicopters are flying around. And, um and I'm under the bed this whole time, listening to this big conversation about who had broken into the apartment. So finally, I, keep, I hear this guy, I keep, he keeps going, 
I think you should look under the bed. And the lady's like, no, whoever it is is gone already. And so like a few minutes later, he says again, I still think you should look under the bed. And uh, she tells him again, I've already looked in there. There's no one here. So a third time, this guy says, you should really look under the bed. I have no clue why this guy was saying that, but he apparently knew the situation. <laughs> so she looks under the bed, sees me, and then gasps for breath, and then runs. Well, now I'm gasping for breath, too, because I'm a little idiot under someone else's bed in someone else's apartment, like a jerk, like a dumb jerk. Okay, I'm aware of that. I feel it all the time. All I got to do is remember it, and then I feel like a jerk over and over again. Try not to be that way, but sometimes I... I I'm, down. I'm hard on myself sometimes. All right. Well, I come out and I'm walking out and this lady is outside. Everybody that was in the home is outside and standing in like an aisle. They made an aisle for me to walk through the middle of them. So I walk between the middle of them and this lady's going, I know who you are. And she's got her mouth covered and and I said, hold on, lady, just hold on. I'll check for you. Because I tried to play it off like I was one of the people helping because there's also a couple of guys coming down the steps. And I'm like, they're going to get me, you know. So I dart around the corner and hide behind some bushes. And these guys fly past the bushes looking for me. And I dart across the interstate. I got all the way across the, the interstate. And I see the helicopters flying around. And I see a police car in a neighborhood, cruising the neighborhood, and I ducked behind a car, and I eventually, I'm walking through this little neighborhood that I've never even been in, and I see a guy I grew up with working on top of a roof, and I gave him some money to give me a ride, and so I got a ride out of there, and uh, I ended up uh, getting caught with a buddy of mine at a laundromat. They drew guns on us, and and they asked me uh, where the 38 was. And I said, what, 38? <laughs> and he said, they said you had a gun. And I, of course, I didn't have a gun. If I had a gun, I'd have sold it so we'd had some money. But anyway, uh, yeah, I ended up um, doing three years for that. I did three years for that. And I, and I agree, if you break into somebody's home, you deserve three years. You deserve You deserve more, maybe depending on the circumstances and the situation and all that good stuff. But uh, I did three years for it and still felt like a jerk. Every time I think about it today, I feel like a jerk. Back then, I didn't have to think about it because I was drinking around the clock. I didn't have to think about any of that, the wrong that I did other people. But see, as you can see, even though I did my time, Still, what comes around goes around. It still keeps coming back around. See, I'm not doing anybody wrong now, but somebody still continuously plays games with me. Um, yeah, so those are, you've heard a few things that, uh, that I did and I'm regretful for. And I really and truly wish I could get it through to other people's minds, that, to young people, that this is not a good way to go. I could have died. I could have been shot. Anything. You know, my kid would have never been born. My family might have been devastated. I don't know. <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, just 
little choices we make in life can change our entire path. Um, think before you do something. That's what I would say to, to young people. Think before you do it. And don't follow other people. Don't aim to please cool kids. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. They'll just get you in trouble. Um, another thing I found out, though, part of my mentality there in Memphis, Tennessee, was I truly believe, based on a condition that I just found out I have, which is EDD. I have no eyebrows and set back eyes and uh, uh, large forehead. So uh, anyway, the look, I compared it to this thing. It's called EDD, um, uh, eptodermic dysplasia or something like that. And it makes you intolerant to heat. Well, in Memphis, I was dying from that heat every day. I mean, I felt like, why can't I handle this? People picked on me because I couldn't handle it. So I think now, looking back, that was part of my problem. And that's why I was getting drunk constantly because I was working in this heat, not making a lot of money. Things just, things were really bad, you know? Things are better now. Um, but I apologize to America for the crimes that I committed when I was younger. Um, I, some people will never forgive me, I'm sure, but that's okay. Um, I don't have much else to say about this, but I thought I'd share it with you uh, since you guys have been listening and I really appreciate you listening and I've got a lot more stories where that came from and they're all true stories and no, I'm not a jerk. I'm not a thief. I'm not violent. I'm very polite, considerate. Um, I try not to lie. <laughs> Notice I said try not to lie. I uh, usually don't lie about anything. There's nothing to lie about. It's not worth lying. It's not worth having to stretch this big story out. And when people ask you about it, you got to remember little pieces of something that doesn't even exist. You know, tell the truth. Why not? Oh, well, if it's offending people, hey, maybe they should move to another country. They're tearing up our freedom of speech here. People who are offended by what you say. They don't even understand that that's going to affect their kids later on, their grandkids, everybody. When you complain because you don't like what other people have to say, well, you're also putting a gag on your own mouth. And people, decades to come, have a great day once again.